This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. London podcast and uh, as they say you know you would call these podcasts from anywhere I mean I've just <laughs> literally just dropped my daughter off at uh, Middlesex FA Rectory Park in in Ryslip and I've walked down the street and I found a little boozer if you're from this part of West London you probably know the Blue Orchid I've come in the Blue Orchid and I've set up my equipment in the corner and they've looked at me thinking what the hell is going on here and I'm looking at Laney here on the screen and he set himself up in Egypt. So we've got one person in <laughs> Ryslip, another person in Egypt doing a podcast on Brentford. That is modern technology for you. Laney, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I uh, kind of a, a euphoric 48 hours. I kind of like, yeah, I, I watched my team beat Liverpool and um, uh, went home. And then you went, bed. Went, to find a camel. Got, went to find a camel. Went to find a camel, yeah. Thought I'd come over and see uh, um, if I could find Mo Salah because he was missing on Monday night. I didn't see him at all, so I thought he might be over in Egypt. So uh, yeah, I've seen <laughs> lots of plenty of shirts with Salah on the back, but I, I kind of only saw him from a distance. He wasn't wasn't his most effective game for Liverpool, but um, nah. I'm, I'm sure nah. he'll make up make up for it up at Anfield. But we we can worry about that another day. We can definitely worry about that another day and uh, like I said to you I mean listen we're going to just shoot the breeze today because we've got a FA Cup game against West Ham coming on Saturday which we'll talk about a little bit but I think there's uh, we've got bigger bigger fish to fry you know more things to talk about at the moment now I and mean, we played West Ham last week and as we said you know can we play you every week as we were singing to them when we went to the to their the West Ham Stadium last week and uh, we got our wish because we we are playing them every week because we're playing them again on Saturday like I said to you we'll talk about that a little bit later but let's just go back to the weekend or just after the weekend because it's actually a Monday it felt like a weekend as well that Liverpool game again it's you know we've had some fun this last you know year and a half as Brentford fans you know we've uh, taken a pee out of Arsenal and Chelsea Manchester United um, Manchester City you know and then we've got you know and, and West Ham you know we've beaten them a few times and you know other teams as well I mean, but this one, I mean, this was this was this was pretty special, and, and I'm just wondering, Laney, where does this rate in your 
list of Brentford Premier League scalps, days out, laughs, whatever you call it? Well, it's, it's quite it's, it's up there. I mean, you know, we we we'll, Liverpool have been described as being awful on the night, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about you know the the press's reaction to Liverpool versus you know they were awful. Um, none of none of you know a few of them said we were great, but not many. It's normally been fan channels. The Liverpool fan channels, I think, have been excellent. They kind of given us they tipped the, the hat properly towards Brentford and given us given us our dues. Um, but I think I got to, it's got to be top two or three. You know, it's got to be in the top three. And I think it's like the you know if you had a top trumps, remember the top trumps at school, um, the card game. You used to be able to pick, um, you know, a, 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 a topic and just say like um, uh, horsepower. And if it was the car one, you'd whoever whoever had the most would would win the card. You know, the Brentford top trumps. Are, I reckon Liverpool has got to be seven out of ten, whereas Man City was proper ten out of ten. So I think it's below Man City, but it's 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 above. I think for me, it's above Arsenal. So yeah, I think. So that's, so, that's so so Man City for you was the top was was the was the number one. Yeah, well, Ch- Chelsea, Chelsea, and I mean Chelsea were world champions, European champions. No, they yeah, weren't they, European they, champions. Leeds were European oh, champions. Oh, of course. Sorry, mate. Oh, God, I'm just so <laughs> silly. I mean, Leeds, Leeds, how can I overlook them? Yeah, no, Chelsea that season, they they held all of all of the all of the sort of like you know the, the big gongs, didn't they? Um, so to to have beaten them, I, I think you know that that was going to be one of the pinnacles. But you know that that and Man City. You know, is a fag paper between the two of them. So Liverpool's a bit below that, but you know, again, we we, we do keep saying it. You know, it was, it was another one of those never in my lifetime moments did I expect to be witnessing this. And you know, I think the Dutchman said afterwards that you know this isn't this isn't a cup game. This isn't you know sneaking from penalties uh, in the in the Carabao or, or you know doing them in the, in the FA Cup when they had a weakened team. This was a proper Liverpool team fighting for league points, um, and you know they're they're challenging for a top top four position. So you know we we've beaten one of the best clubs in Europe, and uh, we should be immensely proud of that. And so uh, for me, it was just a, a night to be just so proud of Brentford Football Club and to have shared that with you know to stood stood next to you when we stood in some real dog shit places all the way around Britain, you know, and, you know, to, to, to be there watching that, it was something I'll never forget. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm going to just take up, for me, I'm, I'm going to strip away, you know, because the thing about it is everyone goes, oh, Manchester City, you look at their status and you look at the players that they've got, you know, Haaland and the fact that they're basically, Qatar owns Manchester City. So you look at it from that perspective and you think, oh, that's really great. And that's almost like sort of quite a corporate way to look at it. But, you know, I say for me, I'm taking away all of that, and I'm thinking just thinking about the actual experience, and you know, going into a stadium and seeing your team win or not win or whatever else to do. For me, you know, I'm still thinking about it over this past 18 months, and for me, Arsenal was magical because it was the first time, and we weren't really expecting it, and it was just brilliant, and we just come out of COVID, and it was just magnificent, and we we had them we bashed them right up and the atmosphere was amazing and i thought that was really really good you know and but then for me 
this Liverpool win was right up there with the Arsenal. I still put Arsenal above this one, but this Liverpool win was right up there. And, and I think that's what's taken away from it was the fact that we, um, we've we seen quite a few now. We've seen the Man United and all that. And we're almost like getting used to it. But for me, you know, we don't want to sort of rest on our laurels or anything. But for me, as an experience, I'm thinking, actually, this Liverpool game, the fact that we went out there, the fact that we dominated, the fact that we were 2-0 up, the fact that we were singing, the fact that they were really quiet, the fact they got their goal and they thought they were going to come back, but then we just did them again. For me, it was just, just and it was on our own turf and it was a 5.30 kickoff and it's just after Christmas. For me, I thought that was just, that, that was up there. That That's better than Chelsea for me. It's better than Manchester City for me. You know, it's better than, you know, a lot of the, these other these other games which are right up there. And, and, and it just goes to show you, you know, what a good 18 months we've been having. And this, I mean, it's the, the framing of it is everything, yeah? You know, the emotion. But the first win, the first game of 2023, you know, we finished the season so strong and you kind of hope um, that you can continue it. And there's no reason to suggest that it wasn't going to continue. But, you know, it's just, it's witnessing it and seeing it. Yeah, and kind of breathing a sigh of relief, right? Okay, you know, 2023 has got every every chance of, of being as big as 2022 was for us. And the players, you know, I, I'm just constantly um, uh, taken aback, really, by the by the spirit, by uh, their determination to just not let our reputation or the name or the players that they're coming up against phase them. You know, some. You know, we, we are there on merit and the players that are there are, are, are there because that's the right level for them and you know, it, it, it is incredible it, it's, it's an, an immense achievement for, for for us to have put that squad together and you know, we, we, we're all, we are every bit as good as these 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 best teams you know whether we can carry you know we got to then carry it on over the course of a whole season. Um, rather than sort of like, you know, the last six or seven or eight games, you know, it's just, let's not forget, it's the same team pretty much, apart from Norgard wasn't there, um, but lost heavily to, to Aston Villa. But you are going to get that in this division. You know, each team um, is, you know, apart from a couple, are, are capable of, of, on their day, putting in an incredible performance, you know. Um, so <clears throat> for us to have gone to West Ham, um, and one, and for us to have beaten Liverpool, and then you know on on the back of <clears throat> the, the the games going into you know the Tottenham draw, it it, it was it, it it's it was a brilliant, almost the perfect Christmas New Year, um, you know, and it, it, I think it actually suits us that we've got a week off from league due, um, action again, so we can just kind of like do whatever in the cup, and obviously we, it's a game we want to win as well, <clears throat> but that that pressure's not there. Um, and you know we can kind of like just just take a bit of a bit of a you know a, a break from league action, and then come back and you know build build systems go again for the for the next game against Bournemouth. Yeah, I mean we talk quite a lot about stats on this show because we were a club that was based on stats, and it's interesting because Liverpool are a team always that you you look at and you look at you know how they play. And you sort of say, well, we'd, we'd like to replicate that because they're so good at what they do. But what was really interesting about this game, I mean, I know that Liverpool had a ridiculous amount. I mean, I've got the possession here at the moment now, but I think they had about over 70% possession. Okay, so they're over 70% possession in this game. However, what we did, what was it? Uh, oh, 60, 60%, 60%. They ended up with 60% possession. We had 40% 
possession. You know, it was 70% at one stage, okay? So they had the ball a lot, but again, it's what you do with the ball, okay? But interestingly, from an XG perspective, Brentford 2.51 against 1.97, which was Liverpool as well. And if you look at the um, um, the Bees breakdown as well on, on besotted.com as well, you know, the Gowler and his crew, they do a nice little breakdown as to how we actually took Liverpool apart there, which is really, really interesting. But the fact that we got 2.51 Okay, and if you look at it, if you look at that map, there are one, two, three, four massive bubbles in the penalty area as well, and a load of smaller ones as well. Whereas Liverpool have got smaller bubbles in our penalty area. Obviously, they scored with one. It's like that. So we not only restricted them to probably two very good chances, which we uh, obviously dealt with as well, but we also created a lot against Liverpool, which is something that they weren't expecting. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, a lot of people are talking about, you know, um, Klopp, as to whether or not um, Kloppy was uh, respectful or disrespectful to the beast, you know, and I suppose it depends on if you listen to his whole interview or if you just listen to clips of his interview, whether or not you decide whether or not he was or he wasn't. But the fact is that um, you see some of the Liverpool fans who are moaning that we are like Stoke, as they say, and we are route one, you know, but interestingly, Liverpool actually played the ball a lot more direct. I mean, they played, they changed the way that they played in the second half and they actually played the ball a lot more direct in the second half. Uh, than they did in the first half, and I don't know if it's if it's because they thought effect, we're not we're not being effective in what we're doing in the first half. We're getting battered here, and we need to change what we're doing. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, but no, the, the VAR chart, the offside ones, they wouldn't have counted in our XG numbers. Is that is that right? I think that so, is correct as well. So, you know, so, so we were we were a lot more dangerous than even the XG. Yes, you know what I mean. You know, if, if if they'd have just gone wide, that our XG would have been off the charts. I think. Um, so so yeah. I mean, and again, you know, with, you've got to look at those VAR incidents and the, the excitement and the dra- you know the drama of the game as a whole. And I, I, I don't I I don't think you can have any game in the Premier League that was you know in our time here so far that's been as exciting as that incidents. Left, right, and centre goals that you know they had a goal that was disallowed. There, you know the the, the Ben Mee clearance off the line, and you know again it won't count because I think it was offside. But the David Raya save, where he he he, he tipped it, you know, um, Gordon Banks like flicked it up and over the bar and it landed on top of the net. It was it was just a save of the future, and you know again that won't. That won't be counted as a save, and it and it won't it won't be shown on many of the highlights. But again, it was it was it shows you what a brilliant goalkeeper he is. You know, we talk we'll talk more about David Raya a little bit later on in the show. We we're talking now. Let's talk about him now because again, it's just it's, it's, let's just go with the flow because obviously David okay. Raya, a big key player for the bees obviously don't want him to leave. I mean, we were talking about whether or not David Raya is going to you know whether or not he's going to. And renew his contract. We've got no idea whether or not he's going to renew his contract or not. But you know, um, you know, the, the thoughts are that you know a player like him. He went to the World Cup. Okay, he didn't play. You know, he's going to have some big clubs after him, especially probably big international clubs after him. And are we going to be able to get hold of him? Um, but then we've got this Dracosa situation as well, with uh, who's our you know our, our second in line goalkeeper, who's not happy with the, the lack of game time he's been getting, is he, lady? No, it's a bit of an odd one, this Strakosha deal, because he arrived from Lazio in the summer, which, you know, it was a bit of a headline signing. I think he arrived on a free, um, but we'd be obviously be paying him a, a lot in wages. 
Um, <clears throat> so I, I, I assume that he knew the score, not unless, you know, um, David Raya was on the way out at that stage somewhere. I, I doubt that. I don't, you know, there's been no noises of that happening. As far as I know, the last club that seriously came in for Raya was Arsenal and they weren't prepared to pay anything near our valuation. It didn't really go anywhere. Um, you know, Raya's con contracted to Brentford to the end of the 23-24 season. So it's not like <clears throat> he's out of contract this summer coming. Um, and according to a couple of those, you know, data, um, the stat statty kind of websites, he's on 1.3 million a year at Brentford in wages. So, you know, it's 25,000 a week. There's obviously a lot of scope there um, for a pay rise for him. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, with, in, in return for a contract extension. So, I, you know, I'm hopeful that he'll stay. And, you know, the, the, the story coming out of Brentford tonight is that, um, Strakosha has been given um, permission to find another club, um, whether it's a loan deal or a permanent deal, um, in this January transfer window so he can go and get first team in football. He seems to be frustrated, but as I said, you know, he must have come knowing the score. Um, and to be honest, he's been injured a fair chunk of the time he's been here as well. So I'm not quite sure where he thought he was going to get um, extra minutes because he, you know, we, we played him played him away at Colchester <clears throat> and I think he got injured a little bit after that so he's, he's been out of contention so you know yeah I, I can understand um, players getting frustrated there is always a bit of an odd one having to play a whole season pretty much on the bench where you're not really you know you, you can't be wishing you know, your colleagues to get injured and you can't because there's only so many cup games that you are going to play <clears throat> so you know if he's, if he's, if he's frustrated um, and he's you know going to be a bad egg in the camp and maybe it's better that he goes out but you know he's, he's a class goalkeeper by all accounts um, and you spoke at the beginning of the season Bill about how important it was to have a, a, an experienced quality backup goalkeeper if you're going to actually have um, you know a, 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 a chance of surviving if um, someone gets injured because we, we, we almost paid a big price last season for not having a, a good backup yeah, I mean, we did. And, you know, and, and talking about, I mean, say backups, I mean, obviously, Ray out and it just going back to the Liverpool game and, and, and a really good game, pulled off a couple of saves. If you actually, you know, I actually went back and looked, I normally, and I, listen, I record every single uh, Sky game and never watch any of them back. But this is the first time I actually sat down and watched the whole of the 90 minutes back, listened to the comments of uh, of, the, of the pundits and everything like that, which is it's quite, quite nice to listen to afterwards as well. You know, we'll talk about how, you know, the pundits and the media are treating Brentford, actually. But that was also nice to listen to back as well. Obviously, Raya's opposite number, Allison as well, who, to be fair, he he, he pulled off a cut. He pulled, he pulled off some saves. I think he pulled off one tremendous save, in fact, as well. You know, Allison, which could have uh, it could have been worse for Liverpool if it if it wasn't for him. And it's interesting to see sort of the Brazilian and the Spanish guy uh, from one end of one one of the pitch into the other, and uh, and and to kind of sort of see that we were, I would say that in effect our our stock, which is Raya, you know, because I see him as stock sort of matching Liverpool stock. I mean, you could you could see Raya actually in that Liverpool goal at the same time. I mean, it's a great, he's a great keeper. I think he's a really, really good keeper, Alisson. But you can at the same time see Raya in that Liverpool goal. Do you? Could you? Not, not, not we want him there, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I think we've said a few times that David Raya, he could be in any of those top teams. I think he's not quite tall enough. I think that, that, might, that might put... 
you know, one or two off. Um, but he's put, he's just like the most perfect goalkeeper for Brentford. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the sell, if it actually needs a sell from the DOF, from Phil Giles, is that, you know, why would you want to go elsewhere? I mean, it's up, it's up to Brentford to kind of match match what he could earn or not match what he could earn but sort of like you know get get closer to you know like bridge that gap between what we're paying him and what someone else would but you know he's being picked for his country at Brentford he's, he's beating um, he's included you know he's including the team and he's you know he's part of that um, incredible um, momentum that we're building do you really want to jeopardise that to, to go elsewhere um, and he, he might find himself in a you know in a Strakosa situation and be sat on sat on the bench waiting for his turn at one of those big clubs it's kind of careful what you wish for um he's earning a lot of money already and i'm sure we can we can make that um you know a, a little bit more or quite a lot more but you know I, I, again i my 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 advice to all of those players that play for us is just like yeah careful careful what you wish for i mean you're in a you're an incredible moment in time at Brentford and um, you know it's it's something you, you should kind of like forfeit um, at your peril I'd say yeah yeah I mean look, look just coming back to the game I mean 2-0 up at half time and I mean I, you know I'm, I'll be honest with you I kind of like I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't phased at half time it was I thought it was comfortable I thought it was completely comfortable I thought that we, we did really well we took our chances really well yeah Liverpool had the ball and the passing the ball around and doing whatever but I did not feel nervous at any stage during that first half as well um, also because we're football fans we have a lot of respect for you know opposition players that come to your ground you have you know respect for them Harry Kane you know like I see him play for England I think he's a great player so it's really good to see these players on your on your turf um, the same with Liverpool you know Alexander-Arnold as we know him Van Dijk you know you've got Fabinho you've got Salah you've got Nunes you've got the Ox like you know even Robertson I was quite glad that Robertson uh, didn't start the match actually because I thought that he did us quite a bit of damage I think it was at their place as he went up to Liverpool as well he had a really really good game so he came off the bench but that was good but I'm going to say at half time the fact that I mean and he's a player who I've got a lot of respect for is really wicked the fact that Van Dijk came off at half time for me that told a big story, don't you think? Yeah, that's, that was. I mean, whether he was injured or he wasn't fully fit when he when he when he you know when he started the game, that's not our problem. But you know, we, we did cause him problems. The ball the ball over the top or like, you know around around the side of him. Um, Brian and Bumo was through on goal. Um, he he'd beaten he'd beaten Van Dyke, um, and Alison did pull out an incredible save. You know, Brian with his, his right foot and he was going for the kind of like the, the, the kind of near post um, you know, it, <clears throat> maybe Brian could have done better so it, it, it could have been it, we could have had the ball in the net five times in the first half um, but you know uh, yes yeah, so Van Dyke was, was, was hooked at half time um, and they, 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 they were struggling they were struggling from the off and um, you know Klopp he, he, for some reason, just had a bee in his bonnet about us being direct. You know, our, we were direct. We, we scored. We had the ball in the net three times from a corner from the corners. I mean, what are you supposed to do from a corner, Bill? I, th I thought. I thought if you got a corner, you put it in the middle, don't you? You, you put a cross in. Our know, corners are really good. You bring your, but you, but throughout history, you bring your defenders up and put 
ball in the net and um, ball in the area um, because that's what a corner allows you. It's, I think, you know, what we're supposed to do, park it, pass it back to Raya and build from the back from our own corner. I mean, it's just like nonsense. Um, and, you know, their goal came from a long ball, did it not? You know, I, I, it is hypocrisy throughout of this. You know, you've got a, a, a beautiful ball into the area for, for Oxlade Chamberlain to score. Um, surely that's a long ball. Surely that's direct. It was no more long ball and direct than Matty Jensen putting a crossover for Wiesa to, to to head in. You know, it, 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 it's an equal. It's an equal like a ball into the area, and it's part of the game. And I, I don't think we ought to be um, uh, not not ridiculed, but kind of it's almost like we're playing some sort of Wimbledon esque football from the eighties, which is just utter bullshit. Okay, the first question I'm going to ask you is that you know, if it's if it's direct, what's you know what's what's the problem? You know what what is what is what's the issue? Because at the end of the day, is that if you're a football team and you're a football manager, surely you should be able to deal with everything. And I think the issue that we have here, and this is the issue, the thing about it is that, and this is I suppose where it comes down to maybe Brentford as a younger team. We've come into this division and we'll go, tell you what, we'll just go with the flow. We'll just do what we have to do and we'll have a look at all these other teams and we say, tell you what, this is how we're going to play against Wolves. This is how we're going to play against Fulham. This is how we're going to play against Crystal Palace. This is how we're going to play against Liverpool, right? And Manchester City. Right, we're not going to match Manchester City pass for pass because it's absolutely pointless. So what we're going to do is that we're going to exploit X, Y and Z, A, B and C and that's what you do. And that's what a good manager does. Now, if you're saying, as a club, we have to stick to certain principles for every single game throughout our eternity because that's what we do because that's what our club ethos is which i do understand that to a certain extent and surely you're going to come a bit of a cropper because if you come against a team who is more physical than you who is faster than you who, who do certain things that are different to you if you continue to try and play the football that you can do you may find that you are not able to get the results that you want to get so surely as a manager you have to work out how you play against different teams right and the and the, and the teams who are able to change their game up and play the type of football that they need to for each game is the one that's going to be most successful surely and that's what I that's that's what I don't get about Klopp's comments because it's almost like he's trying to say, well, I believe that football in this whole league should be played in one particular way, the way that we play it, because he knows, oh, if we if everyone plays it the way that we play it, we'll probably win, you know, ninety percent of the games because that's what it, but that doesn't, it doesn't work like that. And that's that, that's where I think he's kind of like he's a little bit bitter because it's kind of like I understand having principles, but sometimes, mate, you need to just realise that you need to change it up a little bit. Look, you know, you, you've got to remember a team in our position or, you know, in, our, in the pecking order, you'd be just naive in the extremes just to play the same way. You know, like, it's like Biel, what Bielsa did at Leeds. He played the same way regardless of who he was up against. He was like super principled and they, they thought that was genius. And it wasn't. It was, it, it was idiocy. You know, it, 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 you can't keep making... If you haven't got the players to compete... What, you can be as principled as you want. They're gonna, they're gonna suss you out, and they're gonna outplay you because they've got players that are better than yours. And you know, Bielsa paid a, paid the price for that. He may have taken them up, and they might still love him, but it, 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 it was, it was naive. Thomas Frank is not naive. He's, he's super clever. Um, you know, to, be, to actually to give Klopp his due, if you listen to his press conference in his entirety, but you listen to it backwards. 
you listen to the, the, the last three minutes first and then you work your way to the beginning. He actually does sing our praises quite a lot. He, he says that, you know, Thomas Frank is, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a clever guy and he, he's a super nice guy. He says that he admires what Brentford are doing. Um, he, he says there's nothing wrong with with playing it long against him. But then he did say that we, we do play football against other oppositions. You know, he knows, but I guess he can't, you know, he's a Liverpool manager. They won the European Cup. They won the they won the title. The title. He can't he can't go in saying you know he's been outplayed by Brentford. That's not a good look for a Liverpool manager. So I kind of get it, but I just think you know he, he came over a bit too salty and it doesn't stack up. You know, um, I lost a little bit of respect for him there, but you know hey ho we, we move on. And, um, you know we, we we get used to that. I guess it's kind of backhanded compliments to some of the best ones. Indeed. So listen, let's go back to uh, Monday. And let's go back to the terraces. Let's go back to the stands. Let's go and listen to what the fans had to say, the, the Brentford fans and the Liverpool fans in the stands and also in the pub after the game. It's just fantastic. I mean, every player on our pitch was brilliant. Even when we uh, made the substitutions, it didn't make us any worse. Fuck it, did against Tottenham. So it's magnificent throughout. Rico Henry must be the best player in the Premiership right now, in any position, because he played all over that pitch anyway, left, right midfield up front it was magnificent absolutely brilliant performance really good goals I mean uh, Vile was like massive in that game and we could have had four or five absolutely magnificent performance brilliant brilliant oh, it wasn't a bad start to 2023 was it yeah no I happy mean, new year happy new year to all the listeners too yeah no that was a that was a very very good performance fantastic to see Wieter uh, score a goal. I'm even better to see Brian get in as well because he put in a real shift today. You know, we turned up wondering what we, we would happen without our sort of leading goal scorer. Who worries? Who cares? Liverpool weren't bad today at all, but actually Brentford were just better. We are a great team. Roll on, next game. You know, just before we scored that third goal, I didn't take the point. You know, it was base to the wall for so much of that second half. I mean, OK, Thomas Frank will say we didn't concede, you know, there were no big chances. But let's face it, you know, we were, we were hanging in there. We were hanging in there for so much second half. But, but, look, you know, Thomas Frank would have told them, look, the chances are going to come. And, and look, Brian does, did a, what, what a phenomenal finish that was for that third goal. Absolutely extraordinary. It was, it was fucking brilliant. I loved it. Absolutely brilliant. I'm so proud of every single one of them. We fought really hard. was a little bit worried when they got that goal very early in the second half. But, God, we deserved that. And 10 points, 10 points for those four games is flipping brilliant. Unbelievable. Got the win. Got the win. A special mention for Rico, who was flipping even more brilliant than he normally is. And Matty has got a song. I'm going home really happy. Oh, do you know what? Over starters, I just want to say I'm really happy for the few people that were over there alive. The last time we beat Liverpool, which was 1938, I found out. So, I mean, if they were alive to see that, that's amazing. But, I mean, oh, we just turned up. We just wanted it from the off, didn't we? First half, Liverpool didn't have a look in. We could have been 4 0 up. Obviously, the two disallowed goals. But that all gets inside Alisson's head at the end of the day. He's conceded four goals inside the first yeah. half. And um, yeah, we had our little struggle that we always tend to, about 60 minutes, 70 to 75, that 15 minutes. But Frank knows what he's doing. He times the subs perfectly, he's patient with it, waits for that 70 minute mark, and it clearly paid off. I was a bit confused why Mbomo stayed on, and that third goal was obviously why he needed to be there. He was hungry enough for it. We've come one down here today, probably expecting to win. At the least, to get a draw. 
fair play to you. You were the better team through the whole 90 minutes, at least the first half. You dominated so much. It was frightening. You were so good. Second half, I thought we were better. Still not good enough. And you you got the third goal. Game over. We left. We come back to this boozer now. The Brentford fans are so good to us. It's just been fantastic. So hospitality. Hospitality is fantastic. We love coming here. We'll be back again. Thanks very much. I think it was a fantastic game today for for Brentford. I think Brentford, uh, the first half, I think he just took over the game. I think he was very, very good in the game. And I, 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 I take my hat off to say, uh, it was a great performance. I said, but uh, I thought we was back in it when we got the goal back. But unfortunately, it was a mistake by our, our, our defenders that give you the, the 3-1 league. And, uh, but I would say, what a fantastic performance by Brentford. And I made up for the team like Brentford to where they was and to where they are now. I think that's fantastic. In the day of financial, the money that's in the game at the maze, I think Brentford's doing fantastic, a fantastic job. And I would like to say, brilliant. I won't say how tactics. It's Liverpool's midfield is the problem. And Klopp can see it, and but unfortunately, he needs to address it and address it quick. Brentford were absolutely phenomenal, absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, going through some of the players, Rico Henry, absolutely immense. The guy was popping up on the left, he's popping up on the right, he was winning challenges. He, he, he just he personified that kind of hunger and greater desire that the Brentford players had tonight. And I'm sure that Liverpool get this all the time where teams they play against and players they play against up their game by 25, 30% every single time, you know, motivated by playing against Liverpool. But... No excuse, you know, Liverpool were tactically outdone today. Physically, Brentford were just too much for them. Um, we showed that we can play without the Tony tactics, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but, you know, when Tony is playing for us, we play in a certain way, and it really suits us, and it really helps us, you know, pick holes in certain teams. But it all comes back again to Thomas Frank being an absolutely brilliant tactician and they just spotted Liverpool's weaknesses and absolutely exploited them to the absolute max absolute max and I'm so proud of our team tonight it was absolutely brilliant what Thomas Frank set them up to do to hurt a team like Liverpool so there you go the fans after the pub and that was uh, listen if you if you just you've got a bit of time just half an hour um, with you doing your ironing or cooking dinner or something like that, just go back to prideofwest.london and go and check that podcast out in the ground and also in the globe after the game. It was quite potty. There was a lot of pottiness going on, a um, lot of dancing, a lot of singing. There was a lot of just, it was just going from left to right. It was all over the place. Everyone was very, very happy. And also, it's interesting you hear there, the Liverpool fans also were playing us some uh, due respects, which was interesting. But what I would say is... Um, Listen, Brentford are coming to the Premier League and we, we're doing it. And, and, and you could hear beforehand, you know, people used to slag us off all the time. But people are coming on board. And like I said, we'll talk about this in a little bit. But they're giving us props. And people are giving us props. And also opposition fans are giving us props. So I'm saying, now I feel that the time may be quite soon where the props that we're getting even from opposition fans might come to an end because 
at the moment we feel we, we, I think they feel us like we're sort of kind of like we're we're non-competitive. We're like you know we're not a danger to them. And we come in and it's, there's a little bit of like ah oh, nice Brentford. We like you. It's a really good laugh and everything like that. And, and it's fine. So you know you go up to Newcastle and they're all really lovely and, and they beat us five one and they're like that's fantastic. You know you're really great. You are. You know you go to Western Villa beat four nil beat four nil. Yeah, we get beat there there and everywhere like that. Then all of a sudden you start beating them. And there's a little bit of unhappiness that comes out because they're all happy. Like, you know, like we're win or lose, but win or lose, we're on the booze. So, you know, win or lose after the game, Western Villa, 4-0, we all went back to the pub. All of us, we went back to the pub after the game. We sat there, we drank with the Villa fans, we stood in the pub for two or three hours and you go home because we're Brentford fans and that's what we've done for years because you're kind of used to like, you know, you're used to like just being rubbish, basically. So it doesn't matter so much. But what happens is that, you know, a lot of the Liverpool fans who I was hoping would come back to the pub afterwards, no interest, didn't come back at all. Didn't see them. Oh, so no, yeah, no, just disappeared, went home. It's like, that's not really the game. And also quite interestingly, we had those really nice Liverpool fans who were chatting to us, but there's one of them who started to go a bit mental. And he started shouting and swearing at us and saying, "We, yeah, you think that you've won the European Cup, you have, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we've won more games than you. And we're like, listen, calm down, mate. You know, we're just singing and celebrating because we've just beaten Liverpool. We're a very good side for the first time since 1930-something. But there was a bit of unhappiness from this character and his friends had to sort of calm him down a little bit. And I just thought to myself, tell you what, you know, if we carry on beating these teams next year and the year afterwards, they're not going to be so happy coming down to nice little Brentford because at the end of the day, it's not kind of the same experience as what they're expecting coming down there beating us two or three nil and then going back home again yeah. and so uh you know what i'm saying they don't you lane yeah we saw that with middlesbrough didn't we you know it, 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 they, they were all happy weren't they when they were coming down to brentford and winning winning every time you know and, and they won about seven back. times in a row and they were yeah. so happy weren't they and they didn't come back to the pub at all when we started beating them and it was <laughs> it, it was point it was pointed out um but you, you know you've got to be a good you've got to be a good winner and a good loser surely i mean you know i guess i guess you know in our evolution the next stage is for us to kind of get to be kind of like a leicester city um where leicester you know, and leicester city yeah where, where we <laughs> where we are good every year and we're competing you know upper upper bracket um, except for this year it, of course but yeah for, for, yeah apart from yeah apart from this year you know you are going to get they're, they're, they're too good to go down still, but um, they're you know you, you are going to get shit years. Um, too good for this league, yeah. Yes, they are too good. For, they're too good for the yeah. They won't go down. Um, so you know that's that's for us to prove if we can do that. You know that's 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 the next. That's what Thomas Frank and that's what that's what Phil Giles and that's what Benham will be invested in and 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 seeing if we can do that. They've said every year incrementally we we you know they want us to get better and better and we, we're doing that. And we're starting to take scalps, and of course, you're right, Bill. Fan, other fans um, won't like it when little Brentford are beating them on their patch um, and starting to do the double on them. I'm sure West Ham don't think of us as, you know, little little insignificant West London minnows anymore. We've beaten them three times, and there's a chance we'll beat them for the fourth on on Saturday. Um, we beat Man City at their patch. We do it at, at our place. Doing the double over Man City is unheard of. For someone like us, you know, but it's, it's all possible. Um, you know, would you can we go to Anfield and win? You know, it's, it's going to be a, a, a colossal test, they want revenge, but it's possible. 
um, you know, it's, that's that's for us to, as I said, that's for us to prove that we can we can step it up and we can go to to another level. I know we were singing about we're going on a European tour. I I, I don't want that yet. <laughs> I can wait for that for a little bit longer. It's good. It's a good song. It's a good song to sing. It's a great song, though. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I mess with it. I don't go. I, don't, I said this as well the other day. I said I don't want to go on a European tour because I'm already sort of struggling to fit everything in. This is just a personal thing for me, and the idea to say, excuse me, I'm popping off to you know Slovakia on a Tuesday afternoon. You know what I'm saying? To come back on a Friday, <laughs> late on a Friday, to sort of cram that in with everything else that's going on. That's just going to be just on a next level of uh, whatever. But if it does happen just have to deal with it um just going back to this game lady i'm just looking at the the summary for this game so where brentford were good they uh created a high number of chances relative to their position we also created goal scoring opportunities from the flanks and also goal scoring opportunities from counter attacks and we were strong at finishing which is which is interesting because normally again it's, that's what lets us down um but we we're strong at finishing where our weaknesses where we lost possession often and we were also caught offside often at high shot frequency when in possession we favored crossing the ball we had long balls and we favored through balls as well liverpool their strengths they're affected at creating goal scoring opportunities from long shot situations again and also creating goal scoring opportunities from the flanks they were caught offside often and committed a high number of individual errors um they had a large quantity of possession in our half attack through the middle and dominated possession so that was kind of like the match summary you know top performers according to whoscored.com were Brian and Boomer at 7.8 Ethan Pinnock at 7.7 Yoan Wieser at 7.6 then you had the Ox 7.5 and then Norgard at 7.4 so basically all B's in there except for the Ox as well you know um, tackling wise it was <laughs> Vitale Rico Benwi Mads Rodslev and then you had Fabinho in there with a couple of tackles as well but Vitale Janel with five tackles was by far the biggest tackler of the game like you know uh, so, so I'm, I'm just giving giving a little picture of that game where if you look at that you sort of think to be quite honest with you um it's almost like i would say liverpool just weren't they just weren't up it's just that they weren't up for it you know and i know a lot of people say liverpool were rubbish but it's kind of like the way that we played our football they just couldn't they just couldn't hack it where, where, our game plan worked perfectly you know, it, it's that wasn't nothing. They didn't go. We didn't go out there and just see what happens and just ran, ran around and you know reacted to what to what they did. We we were well organised and we we let them have possession and we we you know we soaked it up and we we hit them on the break and you know we made the most of those those dead ball corner situations. We looked we you know we looked like every time we got a corner we were going to score. And it, it was just incredible, and we just varied it. You know, first one went to first one went near post, second one went in the middle, and third one went back stick. You know, and it it, it caused all kinds of grief. And you know, they, they couldn't have more experience in their team. If they can't cope with that, it, it's just the fact that we we adapt in play as well. Um, our patterns of play um, are excellent, and you know we 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 seem to flip it up, and we we're, we're not predictable, and you know that's that's when we're at our best because we've got the players um, to, to to stretch the very best, and you know these wins are not coincidental. Um, there's you know there's two what I think are brilliant articles that we've put on the Besotted website this week. First one's from by Jim Levac 
second one from Lewis Holmes, both look at the kind of like the the press and the, the, the establishment's reaction to, to the Brentford win. Jim saying that we're not getting credit um, where credit's due, and Lewis kind of saying, "Long may that continue." So they're not they're not they're not completely opposed to one another, but they both offer like two very interesting, very humorous kind of insights into you know how um, little old Brentford have been kind of uh, you know reported. So um, head over to besotted.com um, and they're on the they're on the homepage, the links to them, or head over to uh, our Twitter or our Facebook page. Um, and just scroll through the timeline and there's, there's plenty of links to those articles there both well worth a read bill and and i mean you talk about that article i mean we're talking about also the these uh the media well now the media because there's been a bit of reaction about how the media has react to us we always talk about this because obviously like you know no one was interested in us before and then all of a sudden you know everyone hated us you know because we did the moneyball thing and you know we got rid of warburton as, as they thought you know and we were we were buying players like using computers and all this nonsense that they were talking about now, but all of a sudden it's like bam, and it's flipped on its head now. They'll go, Oh, we love Redford. Oh, this is the other one's really good. Oh, they're very nice. Pat them on the back, which is cool. Um, but then, and then they thought we'd come and then go, but we're still kind of still here. But then you kind of got these sort of kind of key players who are who are big sort of mainstream players who have kind of been shouting from the houses about us, you know, to be fair character. It's one of them, you know, Neville is another one. Those are the two players who are obviously big mainstream TV guys as well, who are kind of shouting about and saying, look, I don't care what anyone else says. I really love it down there. I love their football. I love their attitude. I love everything about them. They're breath of fresh air. And then you've got other people in certain parts of the media who, who some of them are going, actually tell you something, I quite like them. And some of them, you feel they've been pulled in. They're thinking to be quite honest with you, We've been saying whatever we've been saying for however long, but we can't really go with that anymore because we, we've got no, we've got no validity in our argument. So they flipped it. Some of it sort of probably sort of the gritted teeth, but other than saying, to be fair, I probably made a bit of a mistake here, and now I'm, I'm I'm kind of on board. However, you also got the situation where, say for example, we beat Liverpool. Um, instead of saying how well we may have played and how clever our manager would have been. All the focus is on how bad Liverpool is. You know, we beat Chelsea 4-1 and it's like, oh God, how, you know, how they've crumbled, how they've fallen, how they're terrible rather than how clever we've been to exploit them. You know, we beat Man United 4-0 and they get the same thing. Oh my God, it's all falling apart for Man United. They're, you know what I'm saying? So we've got this scenario again, which is very similar to how it's always been for Brentford. You're always like the second um person who's always been given the credit. You, you, you're not given the credit as such. And we're not saying it on a boo-hoo say. We're just saying, look, this is just the fact. This is probably the life of being a, of a, of a Brentford fan. And, um, you know, we, we kind of get used to it, but we're thinking, when will it change? When will people actually say, to be honest with you, there are many ways to skin a cat and look at the way that they're skinning the cat. And maybe what they're doing is probably quite clever. And maybe if the England team had kind of skinned the cat, maybe two or three or four different ways or looked at doing it, they might have done a little bit better than they've done so far just things like that because we're so used in this world to just doing things one way i think in the footballing world this is the way it's the football way and they're, they're just thinking out the box sometimes it's just isn't, isn't their thing do you, do you think it i mean it, it strikes me sometimes it's kind of almost like a a line there's an above the line and a below the line kind of understanding and, and appreciation of what we do it's, it's almost like there's a lot of a lot of kind of fan media um 
they 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 get it. They understand it because that you know there there's a kind of almost an honesty. Some you know not not I'm talk, not talking about social media and, and Twitter and stuff like that. There's there's a there's there's loads of ignorance there. But I'm thinking about the respected kind of you know the the Red Man TV, the the Liverpool Way, the you know um, the Anfield Rap. They 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 they. they They've been very, very um, quick to kind of give us our props, um, and uh, I, I, just, I just think that. A, but there's a lot of pundits that just they just that they've not researched us. They don't know enough about us, and they're asked for an opinion on us, and they 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 that's they're the, like the second sin, second season syndrome merchants, where they they'll they got to say something. They don't really know anything, and but they'll just say that. And it makes them sound like they've got they've got a, like a soundbite or they've got kind of an opinion something to pin an opinion on. It's not based on fact. It's not based on evidence. It's not based on anything from their eyes because they've not watched us. And then obviously there are people like Carragher and Neville and and Lineker um, that do get us. They they and you know even Roy Keane has said he enjoys Brentford. He likes Thomas Frank and they they, they kind of get it i think it's like a there's a whole swathe in the middle that they're just they all they the only thing they really watch is the arsenals the man united's the, the man cities you know the liverpools that's that's really where they that's where they they get their paychecks from commenting on them you know we we're, we're just a bit whatever um so yeah, that's, that's that's an observation. I don't, I don't know if it's you know I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems to be a chunk of, of in that middle ground that they just don't know enough about us. And I listen to the Guardian um, weekly, and I like I like them all individually. And you know? they've got really good principles, and they 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 they're really decent humans, and they do they do know a lot about football. They know bugger all about us. And I know you don't tune in to, to get your Brentford coverage there, but if they're going to talk about us, at least kind of know something about us. You know what I mean? It's, it's a bit it's a bit like, just don't say anything, which they, they quite often do. They just breeze past us. But, you know, again, you know, it, it, a lot of these topics are covered in, in Jim's and Lewis's articles. So, yeah, head over to the site and... And have a read and then, you know, be interested to, to know your opinions on. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, on, on, on those topics as well. Yeah, it's something also what's quite interesting, what I decided to, because when I decided to watch, I wanted to watch the TV coverage as well, because and I'm going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention his name, and I'm not mentioning it because I'm slagging him off or anything like that, but I'm mentioning his name because he's been part of the kind of mainstream media who has been 
quite negative about Brentford. Now, listen, everyone's got their own opinion, which is fine. But um, but the fact is, <laughs> it's not backed up with any facts, which has really killed me. Now, Michael Richards, okay, um, you know, I, I really love the fact that he's got to where he's got and, he, you know, he's got his profile and he's doing his thing and everything like that. But, you know, um, I mean, I was actually on Radio 5 Live once with him and I kind of went toe to toe with him. I'd have to sort of dig out the interview again. And uh, um, he, he kind of pulled back on what is because his views on Brentford, you know, when he's saying things by himself is fine. But, you know, when you're against somebody who's actually knows everything about Brentford, he could say one thing and I can actually counter it straight away. So I was countering a lot of things that he's saying now. I remember there's one thing that he said to me because he goes, Brentford, he goes, I don't I don't get Brentford. It's just it's just it's all bluster. I think what his word was. It was all bluster. It's all kind of a lot of just like bloom, bloom, bloom. It's almost like he felt that, you know, we were built on a lot of hype and a lot of kind of running around and just doing things and then just kind of confusing the opposition. And eventually that's going to go away. Uh, and then he talked about the fact that his mate was Scott Hogan and Scott has told him quite a lot about Brentford and he knows what we're all about. And to be quite as a view, he just didn't buy into it. No, I kind of understand that, but there was no reasoning behind kind of what he was saying. And he's kept that up for all season. And, you know, the fact that we stayed up, you know, he had all re- reasons. Now, interestingly, he was there at Griffin, uh, New Griffin Park on Monday. But then he said to me, actually, this is the first time I've ever been to Brentford, which I thought, eh, I thought, this is interesting. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, mate, oh, it's wicked here. Oh, the vibe is great. Oh, the football the play is great. Oh, this is really great. Oh, that's really great. And he was like, there, he's dancing and you know free from desire and i feel like i was thinking this is hilarious like i'm saying how easily is somebody sort of kind of, sort of kind of <clears throat> reeled in to brentfordness like you know what i'm saying and um because we haven't done anything different probably than we have done over the last year and a bit so has it taken him to have gone into our stadium to actually kind of be sold by it or is it the fact they thought i can't hold my ground anymore on hating on them because I'm going to look like a complete and utter idiot. Well, he, he is. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know my opinion on him. He's, he's, on, he's got, obviously got a brilliant agent. He's, he's on absolutely everything. And, and very rarely do, do I, uh, or am I impressed by anything that comes out of his mouth. Um, and, you know, uh, uh, it, it's, it's a shame because he's in, a, he's in an incredible position. But I, don't, I, don't, I think he bluffs a lot. I don't think he. I don't think he researches. I think he just turns up, turns up and talks, and turns up and laughs a lot. Um, um, I think that's his. That's that's his. That's his like you know unique selling point. He he he, he laughs. Um, you know, and, I, and I, I'm sure he frustrates the hell out of Carragher and Neville, who who, who are both very very knowledgeable uh, football pundits. So I I have I can't have any more respect for the pair of them. Um, you know, and um, I, I, I think I think Mika Richards is punching as far as I'm concerned. But there you go. That's just my opinion. Um, and good luck to him, though. He's, as I said, he's got a great agent. That's right. I mean, that's your opinion. Tell you what we're going to find out, though. We're going to find out what JB's opinion is, especially after beating Liverpool. But JB is our man with some facts and some funk. We're going to go to JB to find out what the facts and the funk are post-Liverpool. <laughs> Hello, Jonathan Birchall back again. For so long, Brentford's history has been dominated by the success back in the 1930s. 
slowly and surely, this current side has rewritten it. We had last beaten Liverpool in 1938, and before Monday they were the last of the present Premier League sides, who we hadn't beaten since before the war. Even without Ivan Tony, it was the fifth league game running that we scored at least two goals. We've never done better in the top tier, and not achieved more since 2001 in the third tier under Steve Koppel. Ivan and Brian have started 16 league games together this season, yet have only once been on the score sheet together against Leeds. Whereas in the two games without Ivan, Forrest being the other, the strike partnership of Wissa and Brian have both scored in both games. This season we played Gillingham for the first time ever in the League Cup. The first time we ever played them in the FA Cup was back in 1926-27 in the second round. That season our fourth round opponents were West Ham in our only other FA Cup meeting with them, which we won in a replay. One new piece of history that will be made on Saturday it will be the GTEC's first FA Cup tie with fans in attendance. Uh, JB, more facts and more funk. More 2023 funk as well. So listen, um, talk about 2023. Obviously, the 2023 comes and the transfer window is open. We're going to... I'm going to go to the bar here and I'm still in the orchid. Actually, it's really funny. Like I said to you, I'm not really funny. I'll be sitting in the corner. I've got the DJ boxes. I've got the DJ speaker. They set up the DJ speaker in the corner here as well. The DJ was setting up, you know, we had some characters have just had the current just to the left of me. People are sitting at the bar to the right of me. I've literally plotted myself up in the corner with my microphone and my laptop. Uh, I've got a port- portable studios anyway, mate. That's how it goes. But I'm going to go to the bar, get another pint of Guinness from the blue orchid in uh, rice lip. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the transfer window. So transfer window open and the bees touch right in. And uh, we've got our first signing, Kevin Shade. I believe he's Shade as opposed to Shader, even though there's been already sorts of uh, slim shady, you know. Uh, people have been asking, yeah, Shade, um, uh, uh lighter shade uh, of gray of gray um operator. yeah so um you know so everyone's going to ask when, whether or not he's going to come on to uh, m&m <laughs> the stadium which is quite bad um but anyway wherever that may be he's just uh, signed to us from freeburg or freiburg who are in the german bundesliga and doing very well in the german bundesliga at the moment now i believe they're second as well which means that they're uh they're you know okay probably they're probably like a brentford of the bundesliga but doing very well at the moment now a traditional number nine or he's, he's he wears the number nine or he's wearing number nine for brentford okay but he's actually a, a winger and if you watch any of the videos of him the best way to describe um his actions he's like shit off a shovel He's very, very fast. He's a very, very quick player. If he's, if, again, I'm not saying that I predict this, but and if you check the um, Observer article that I wrote as well, you know, guardian.co.uk, I think it is, or .com, whatever like that. And we did the the midterm articles. All the all all the fans talked about how their season's gone so far, what they'd like in this transfer window. And I just said, I would like somebody who was shit of a shovel, a very fast player who basically can play on the wing, and basically, he plays an attacking midfielder. And bing, he comes out of the blue. Kevin Shader as well. There was rumours about us getting him, I think, in last summer as well. Didn't quite come about, but obviously, you've been tracking him for quite a while. Um, a very exciting signing, don't you think, Laney? 
Yeah, but from from what I hear, um, and from from what what the rumours are, um, is a is a, a, foot, a German football analyst called Adam Kahn who's been um, commenting on the transfer on on the site's Twitter feed. Um, he, he, he just said enjoying. He's a massive talent in German football from an academy that routinely gets overlooked from the prospect from the prospects it produces. Um, he, he said, if we're looking for a talismanic uh, striker, he, he's not your man. Um, he's he's not he's not uh, an out and out number nine as 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 we we would understand. He's no replacement, direct replacement for Tony, as it stands. But as we, yet, we, as yet, you know, we we. We bring players in not for what they're currently doing necessarily, is for it's for what we can. What we've seen the potential into making them into something that we want, and and it may take a while, um, or he, he may walk straight into the team, and you know, uh, you know, Allah, you know, and um, we just all go, my God, this is the player that we've been waiting for. This is the, the the speed and the width that we've we've been missing since Ben Rama, um, <clears throat> Lewis KLP. Um, he's yet to, to to prove that he is that person. Um, he's you know he's, he's had a, he's had a he's had a few sort of glimpses. Um, he's, he's he's not really established himself. He came on I know towards the end of the Liverpool game and he was injured. So you know I'll, I'll cut him some slack. He's young, <clears throat> um, but we paid a, a huge amount of money for him. Um, and and we have done for Kevin Shade as well. So uh, I think you know it's, it's these kind of twenty million plus kind of transfer fees. There, there. That's kind of um, it's seen as a bargain. I think now, but um, it's you know it's it's, it's it still makes me pinch myself. I think my God, twenty million quid. That's incredible. I mean. It is, and it's mad because, I mean, where you're at, I mean, you talked about, you know, um, KLP. You know, a lot of people have been disappointed with him because I think they expected because we paid so much money for him that he's going to come out of the traps and he's going to be absolutely delivering. He's going to basically, you know, firing us that all cylinders. And you can see that he's still got a lot to learn. He's come from Hull and he's got to try and get himself to... And I'm going to say this as well. The truth is that, you know... We are a top 10 Premier League side at the moment now. That's a, that's a massive gulf, you know what I'm saying? It's like if you said you're going to come in and you're going to come in like Norwich and you're going to be in at 20th or 19th or maybe 18th in a Premier League side, then yeah, you might make a little bit of a dent on that side and you'll get a game every week and they'll try and pull you out of whatever hole you're in. But no, we're not. We are actually kind of competing in the top level of the Premier League. And as you said a bit earlier, Laney, you know, um, you know, get your flights booked, like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, we're going on a European tour, you know, whether or not we are or not, but we're kind of in that position now. So this is where these players that are coming in have to slot into, and it isn't that easy. But it's about Brentford and the gamble and where they see these players going. So you you know, KLP, probably in a year's time, yeah, mate, this is where you're gonna be going to. Um, Slim Shady. You know, as we've got here as well, this is where we think that you're going to be going to. From what I can gather, he's playing on the right. OK, so he's playing on the right. So I'm trying to work out whether or not he's taking place the place of Brian and Bumo, whether or not Brian and Bumo, he's playing or he's playing off the off, 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 off of Tony. You know, so the two of them are playing together just off of Tony. But he's uh, he's 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 the he's the he's the he's the, sp- he's the speed man off of Tony, you've got Brian and Boomer, and then you've got, you know, whoever it is on the left-hand side, whether or not it's KLP or Wiesa, Wiesa, and you've got kind of sort of quite a lethal combination, quite a lethal attacking combination, but that's what I can gather. Um, but what I can gather eventually as well is that, you know, you know, maybe he's the type of player that we'll be actually turning into um, like we did with Ollie Watkins, where, where you, this is where you start off 
but this is where we're going to make you because I think where they see is all the key factors that he has is uh, where he's very, very good and where they can make better, you know, where you can actually, you know, you create the chances, you're actually kind of, you know, getting, you know, you're getting yourselves involved. I think that where they see Shady going in the next two years is maybe where, you know, where Ivan is at the moment now. So it kind of gives us the option because we always talked about the fact that we have never had an option other than Ivan Tony. And he's out. Okay, it's great. I tell you what Weiss has done. He's done absolutely brilliant. You know, but the fact is if you know that you've got somebody else who's coming through who maybe not now, but in a year or two years time is going to be the new Ivan Tony. I think that's really great. And the thing about Ivan is, and we know what Ivan's like, Ivan's cool, you know, and he's doing very, very well. Ivan does what Ivan does. And if, if Manchester City or Manchester United or Chelsea or whoever like that coming for Ivan Tony, you know for a fact that it's going to be very, very difficult to to keep hold of him, you know, because they ain't going to be coming in for him for 30 grand or 40 grand. They'll be offering us 70, 80, 85, 90 grand or whatever it may be for that player. He's third top goal scorer in the Premier League at the moment now. He should have gone to the World Cup. If you've got the World Cup, that would have been him for the roof and probably he might have been gone by the summer. But that's the scenario now. So, again, the succession plan of Brentford, creating players to take the place of of, of the players we've got in. Just, you know, just in case, if Ivan stays, it's great. I think that is just a, a marvellous thing. And you see how, I mean, our finances have been transformed um, up until the point of us getting into the Premier League. Uh, although we were doing brilliantly in the transfer market and we, we, we kind of produced a, you know, a surplus of funds and... We were buying players in for twos and you know twos and three millions and selling them for twenties and thirties. Um, you know it, it was the revenue that we got from the TV in the championship, although not insignificant, was was a pittance compared to you know the 150 million plus that we're getting every season. We we stay in the Premier League, so you know you can say that the two seasons that we've we've been in this division. Or, you know, and it, and it looks like a third. Um, if we can get a third, that's your approach. It is a third. It's yeah, a third, well, maybe. Well, yeah, until it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not going to quibble with you. Of course, it's a third. When you're looking at almost half a billion pounds, four, that'd be 450 million pounds. Um, so, you know, tw 20 from that. Um, and our players that we currently have, um, who are proving their their place in the Prem? They are worth. If we're playing twenty million for, for Shade, then you know what what is what is you know, Ivan Tony worth? It, it's fifty plus. It's not sixty or seventy. Um, you know, but people will will be laughing at this. But why would we sell him unless it's that kind of money? And there was a you know there's a there's a jokey clickbait. Um, West Ham site out there at the moment this week run a story that says David Moyes had a great chance to sign Rico Henry for West Ham last summer uh, sorry summer 2021 for five million pounds like what what on earth are you on about as if we would ever sell West Ham Rico Henry five million pounds so you know we are, we are in a kind of like uh, 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 a climate now um, at Brentford where, you know, as I said, we're approaching half a billion pounds of TV money is going to come our way over these three or four years, whatever long it lasts. And that just takes you to a different stratosphere. Um, you know, it's, 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 it, it, it's, it, it's, it's incredible. So, you know, it's, 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 although as fans, we're not used to spending 20 million on players, 
you know, we're not we're not going anywhere near to breaking the bank. So, you know, I guess we can be reassured that we're not we're not sort of like spending everything that's coming our way, like you know, Forrest have done this year and and Fulham famously did two years ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh I mean just talking about the transfer window as well, I mean, um other than that, I mean, personally I'm not expecting any other activity this window. We only normally do activity if we feel that we're going to get ourselves a bargain or we feel we have to get a player in now that we may not be able to get in the summer um, or we feel that, you know, like I said, we need to do something to um, to sort our situation out. So, you know, if we if we look like we're going to get relegated, we might have to get somebody in to, to avert that or if we think we, we need to get promoted, we need somebody to actually get us promotions. We did in the in the championship. That's what we do when we buy players in this window. But other than that, if you're kind of comfortable with what you've got, you don't, you know, you don't really tuck in. You wait till the summer. And I'd, I'm not expecting us to do any more business this window, but I might be wrong. It might be wrong. But what is interesting is that we've actually brought back three players who are out on loan. We've got Finn Stevens who was out of Swansea. He played just five games at Swansea. They brought him back. We've got Mads Beck Sorensen, who went to Nice, which you thought, oh, that's quite a good move for him, going out to Nice, because they're uh, you know, flying high uh, at the top of the, the, the uh, what's it, League One in France as well. But he got zero games for Nice as well. And we also got Paris Magoma, who went to our friends AFC Wimbledon, and he actually played 18 games with them and uh, they were raving about him, absolutely raving about him. But anyway, he's come back to Brentford. He's actually uh, he's actually injured at the moment now. So he's actually injured, I think, for a little bit. But then afterwards, they're going to actually have a little look at that. And then they're going to probably, because I think there's a bit of interest um, from Division 1, League 1 for uh, for the Macoma. So I know that the, the AFC Wimbledon fans were very unhappy about him going back to Brentford because they uh, what they're saying things like what they're saying they're saying oh there's our playoff hopes gone oh there's our chance of going back to division 1 gone so key player for them which I think is good so it's a loan that really worked out but it looks like that he might be stepping up a division hopefully in the in the second half of this season which can only be good for Brentford isn't it Lenny? Yeah yeah I mean you know I I, I did read that thread there was a lot of angry uh, Wimbledon fans they're saying you know um, well some very nasty things actually but you know <laughs> he's, he's, our play- he's, he's, he's our player we will do what we want with him thank you very much um, and you know um, he might he might be coming back um, so we can have a look at him again um, and we've got the whole of January he, he, he could go back to AFC or he could go elsewhere or we could keep him um, so but, I think you know, he'll be he'll be going out again for sure. He'll but, be going. You know, he, he'll be stepping up a league for, 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 without, without a shadow of a doubt. He'll be stepping up to division one. One of these one of these loan deals actually um, generated some minutes for our players, and they, they're a success. I had an interesting um, thread that I put up on the Besotted Twitter that's got um, quite a lot of reactions. You know, after Shady came in, I said, you know, realistically, what else? Um, realistically, would would you be looking to make this transfer window a success? Um, a lot of people saying uh, um, for for David Raya to be bolted down, um, an extension for Jensen um, by PJH. Um, uh, K1 Prop has said to sign Dion Drenner, Belgio. Um, he's the next Haaland. Will cost less than ten million pounds. Um, there's someone else that suggests that um, re- cover for Rico on, on the left might be a good idea. Who said that? Um, Nick. Um, just, just the truth. Nick. Left back cover for Rico. 
Um, and then um, we've got a couple of others here. Um, Dave Chappelle Corby. He said, to be honest, Ross Stewart, if we can get him from anything close to £10 million Ro- from Sunderland. Ro- Ro- Ross Stewart. Ross Stewart. Yeah, Ross Stewart. Let's just get him. Yeah. I'll tell you, it'd be great uh, if we got him, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, he played for Brentford, did he not? <laughs> he was, he, he, didn't he have an appearance for us? Uh, he did. He did. There you go. Get oh, him yeah. back again. Um, and someone else mentioned before before the Strakosha deal um, was was you know uh, the announcement that he, we, he could go away and find another club for him. Someone else said uh, you know um, they were already looking for Raya cover. Um, but you know we we seem to have a lot of goalkeepers. We've got you know Matty Cox. We've got Balkan, um and we did have Strakosha hunting. You know we still have still got him. He may not find another club. So um, we still we have a lot of cover there. Um, interesting, Matty Jensen. Um, he's got a song now, um, and um, pl- people want him to, to extend his contract. Uh, he's, he's, he's class. He's, he's class. Um, MDS has said Brereton Diaz from Blackburn. Can't really see that happening. I think he'd be way too expensive, um, and he's not. He's not. He's not quite um, on, the, on our trajectory. Chopper. Chubba Akpom back. I can't. I can't imagine that. <laughs> can you imagine? Like, can you imagine the photo? Can you imagine the photo? The photo yeah, would be, be brilliant. Happy, happy, be even happier than he was last time we signed. Um, mm. And then someone else asking, um, uh, "Do you think we'll keep hold of Tony this transfer window?" Uh, yes. Um, I don't think anyone's going to buy him this this window with a potential with a uh, with a possible ban hanging over him. So I think he's out mm. of foreseeable. I think. So yeah, so, lots, but, but, lots, lots of interest there anyway. But you know, I mean, again, you never know with the interjections. I mean, coming back to Shard, Shardy as well, or Shade, Shady as well. Um, part of the reason why um, there was a little bit of delay and 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 things kind of got accelerated through is because from what I can gather is Everton were a team who are completely and utterly hot on their heels, and Everton are a bit of a weird team because they're obviously not doing very well. They they seem to have money, which is Russian money, but then the Everton fans don't seem to have any trust in uh, in them be able to sort of kind of deliver anything whatsoever. But however, Everton were in there basically stoking the fire at the last minute, trying to scupper the deal for us. Um, I think the deal had been done pretty much, but still, um, it could have you know until paperwork's been signed. You know, it's the deal's not done, and I think at the last minute, I think that you know Everton were going in there and 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 you know, I mean, we kept a little bit quiet about this. Because because we, we kind of were keeping our fingers crossed that it was going to go through. But, you know, Everton, obviously, probably what happened was that Everton, what, losing that match <laughs> a couple of days ago, probably actually st- st- struck the deal for us, lady. You know, he said, what the hell okay, should yeah. I go there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolute nonsense, like, you know, which is going on down yeah. there. And even Ped from uh, Toffee TV, he went on the sky the other day, interestingly, and he just said, that's it, we've had it, done. Everton are relegated, which I thought, bloody hell, it's only January. And Ped's already saying that he believes that Everton are relegated. I mean, I've been chatting to quite a few of my chums, as you know, I've got a lot of chums and I've been chatting to my Forest chums. I know a lot of the Bees fans out there really want Forest to go down, not because of Forest, but because of Cooper, because they hate Cooper. Uh, I'm not particularly happy with Cooper, but I love Forest because I love going to Forest and I'd much rather go to Forest next season than Southampton, I have to say, um, you know. But, um, you know, I, I, I was thinking, I was hoping that Forrest would get out of there. And, and, and it looks like, you know, they got their win yesterday and Forrest are all of a sudden sort of climbing the table, whereas Everton seem to be plummeting right out of there. So, uh, you know, it's going to be quite weird for Everton because if they do go, and I'm just saying if they do, they could be a team with a brand new stadium floating on the river 
you know, probably trying to get all these very expensive players playing against, um, you know, Coventry and, uh, you know, and possibly Plymouth, you know, and, and Portsmouth and teams like that, isn't it? Yeah, a bunch of floaters, that's what they'll be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, I watched the game last night was I bumped into, well, bumped into a couple of Forest fans here. and uh, In Egypt. I said I watched, I said I watched the game of them and um, I wanted to go down even more now, to be honest with you. Um, oh, really? So, <laughs> no, they're, 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 they're all right. It's just, you know. Pub, pub talk, Bill. I'll, I'll, uh, there's, a, there's a couple of incidents, but I'll, I'll, talk, I'll tell you about that Laboza. Um, okay. Something else that's happened um, over the new year, which we have to talk about, is Peter Gillam. Um, oh. Peter Gillam was uh, named in the New Year's Honours list, um, and he received the British Empire Medal. And anyone listening to this who's a Brentford fan will know who Peter Gillam is. He's not a player, he's not a director, he's not a, a Brentford official. He is the Brentford stadium announcer who has been in that role for 50 plus years. He, he's been a club employee during that time as well. Um, but every Brentford fan will know him as the most humble, uh, nicest, uh, enthusiastic, rebel rousing Brentford fan he, he's you know been involved in the travel he is Mr Brentford everyone knows him as Mr Brentford and uh, you know for Pete he, he, you know, he had a he had a health scare a couple of years ago um, thankfully it looks like he's through that but he he has been there every minute of my fan my supporting um, years his voice is known to everyone. He used to do the team talk. We used to ring up and pay every penny mm -hmm. I, I earned. Do you remember the do you, oh. do you remember the num Do you remember the number for team talk, lady? Oh eight hundred oh eight nine eight. Yeah, no, wait, nine, eight, twelve, eleven, oh eight. Well, well, see, see, I'd say, I do know, I do know. Fuck me. <laughs> and, and, so and I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you the question: How many people? And I'm going to ask people: How many people out there used to ring Team Talk from work, from their oh, work phone? Oh my god, yeah, I'll never do it from home. Yeah, but you could punch, it, you could punch it in on the work ones at home. I had to dial it. <laughs> you know, when you had to get your finger round on the dial, and you used yeah. to push, you used to force it back really quick. Because so how much was, how much was it? Was it like three pounds a minute, something like that? And you have these <laughs> interviews, and you're on the phone for like an hour. Like I'm saying, it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like I oh, know. Like, they actually have um, they did like live second half commentary, or or they did live matches on it. So some people would have been on the phone for like two hours, uh, yeah. uh, whatever a minute. It was probably yeah. the equivalent of a month's salary to listen to a game. <laughs> so, so yeah, so you so. So probably, um, yeah. So, but he's the voice of that. He wasn't earning out of that. He was the club that were earning out of it. But um, yeah. So Peter Gillam, um, to see to see him on the pitch at half time. The other thing that was really moving, Bill, and I know you saw that was um, uh, all the all the Brentford fans that had passed during uh, 2022, yeah. and they had all their names and photographs up on the on the big boards and. We've lost a lot of good people this year, Bill, um, and it's, it's really sad. You know, yeah. there seems to have been a spate of people that we knew personally as well. Yeah. I know I know everyone's, you know, a life and everyone's well-known, but for, from our perspective, there was a lot of people that were, were pretty close to us, you know. So yeah. I don't know if you want to give them a name check now as well, Bill. 
No, no, I'm just saying to you, you know, you get Beckles, you, you know, Coxie, you know, we had a lot of, you know, a lot of people that we've known from, from, you know, from back in the day, um, you know, uh, with Stanley as well, like, you know, who I, I only met sort of fairly recently. So, so I haven't known him for that long, but like I said to you, Beckles, I've known him for years as well, which is, uh, which is, which caught me completely out of the blue. And that was actually really sad and uh, God rest his soul as well. And like I said to you, and Mick Cox is part of our crew, the Besotted crew. I remember him as, uh, you know, coming off, uh, the QPR bus dressed in his cowboy outfit as well, which is just funny. We, um, we had a, um, we had a bit of a sort of a joke because um, Cameron Diaz said she was a, a Brentford fan and obviously she's from Hollywood. So we did a Hollywood bus and I did a double-decker bus, an open-top double-decker bus to keep you And I think it's 2002, 2003 or something like that. And everyone dressed up, literally everyone dressed up. We had like flipping Star Wars on there and we had like Pluto and we had, you know, we had all sorts of characters in there and he turned up, he turned up as John Wayne and his dad turned up as Pavarotti on this double-decker mm-hmm. bus and flew around the Chiswick roundabout or the the, the, the Shepherd's Bush roundabout, <laughs> loads of beer flying, and all the QPR fans are running out of their pubs as they heard sort of Brentford fans singing in this double decker bus with like you know Star Wars and Galen and all sorts of characters in there. It was uh, it was very and and, and I'll tell you who's all there as well. And obviously ahead of his time, Slim Shady as well was on there, wasn't he? Uh, remember? <laughs> Yeah, so, so to- talking talking of buses and transfers, um, another another fan that's passed, Derek Hazel, um, any anyone that's ever taken mm-hmm. an official uh, Brentford coach to an away game, uh, Derek would have been like part of the the organisation team for donkey's years, um, and uh, he was part of the the, the, the club's program shop as well, I, I, I believe. So, and also Francis Joseph passed recently. Ah, Francis Joseph, yeah, man. You know, it's 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 been a really as as brilliant as supporting Brentford has been on the pitch. Is there's been a lot of sadness off of it. So, um, all our love to to the fans. Who have lost someone that's special to them, um, part of the Brentford family. It, it, it pains us to lose everyone, um, and I just hope that a lot of Brentford fans that have passed got to see Brentford in the top flight and shared in some of these brilliant moments um, before before leaving us. So yeah, yeah. hopefully 2023 um, is, is is less is less 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 sad. Hopefully, hopefully so. But listen, let's move it on. Because we've got a game on Saturday, which we're going to talk about, I say, very briefly. We've got West Ham coming on Saturday. I'm going to go to the bar. I am going to get myself a beer. And then I'm going to come back. And I am going to talk to Lady about West Ham. Jelly deals. So Saturday is the FA Cup. Are you up for the Cup, Lady? No. I'm in <laughs> Egypt. So I've, pur- yes. I've, pur- I've purposely not up myself up for the cups myself. That frees me up yes. for all the league games. I've needed yes. some needed some sunshine, so I've done it. Um, but no, not up for the cup. Not up for the third round of the cup. Massively up for the fourth round of the cup. Um, oh, so yeah, so if well, we, so so, yeah. so if we don't get to the fourth round, it'll be your fault. Yeah, but I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I mean, you know, it's all about, it's all about the league this season. It's all about getting qualifying for Europe, Bill. Oh, um, yeah. But on the European tour. We've beaten West Ham three times now, so now we own them, out and own yes. them outright. Then, um, but they're, they're due. They're due a win. They've not. They've not won since October. We've not won since Monday. So it's um, it's 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 it's, it's, it's a it's a real 
horrible run they've on, and they're, they're not they're not an awful team. So um, it just depends what team we put out. So we'll we'll see. But yeah, I I think a lot of people will be up for the cup, um, and I think it'll be another sellout. Should be a good atmosphere, Bill. Yeah, I mean, I have to admit as well, I'm not up for the cup, even though I am going to the game on Saturday, five thirty kickoff. So yeah, but I'm not. There's not, you know, after Tuesday, after Monday, it's going to be very hard to sort of trying to raise yourself, and that's probably going to be the same thing for the team. And they'll probably be quite interesting to see what team he actually puts out on Saturday, because it's almost like you know when we got a really good cup run going in the when we were in the championship, and uh, we got a really good cup. We had a different team going for the cups when we got to the semi-final of the League Cup, as we did for the league. And so what you found is that the team that went for the Cups was really up for it. They were up for the Cup. And it's almost like, you know, it might be a case that we might need to kind of drastically change our side to be up for the Cup. And also you have to think of David Moyes as well, because David Moyes is like, is David Moyes really going to be up for the Cup? I mean, not, not be funny, West Ham, like, you know, they're, they're on a bit of a struggle at the moment now. And the last thing he needs is a cup run at the moment now. So you can imagine that he's not going to be up for the cup. So this could be a moment for us to actually kind of play a few of our um, squad players as well and mix them in there and keep the vibe going as well um, against West Ham, who you probably can imagine is going to be playing a few of their squad players, probably including Antonio, because Antonio seems a bit of a squad player at the moment now. He was like a key player for them last season. But, Marmy, you know, he's kind of not even in the mix up at the moment now so uh so that could be quite interesting but um you know i mean I, i'm just thinking lady who who would you and again not many people but who would you who would you like to see in action on saturday well i mean i mean let's 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 be clear you know thomas frank has gone on the record saying that he he, he wants to win something at, at brentford you know and realistically you know that that is the the, the caribou cup or, 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 or the fa cup then obviously you know we've had we've got to the semi-finals and the quarter-finals of the or let's call it the league cup the last the last few years um we got knocked out by Gillingham on penalties so um that was an upset this year. Um, we missed out on a trip to Wolves, which would have been pretty crap. But, um, you know, so winnable. So, so winnable, yeah. Um, so the FA Cup does provide us with with a realistic route through to um, to that silverware that Thomas Frank um, alludes to. Now we'll just see what happens. Um, but you're right, you know, it, it does get, give an opportunity to the players. You know, we mentioned Lewis Potter. Um, he was on the bench. He came on. Um, so he's obviously he's obviously fit to start. Um, we've got players that um, people like, you know, Godos that's been around around the team and he's been getting minutes. We've got Mads Beck, who's back. <clears throat> uh, so there there are players that are, that are potentially going to come in and get minutes. I, I don't think even we still don't really know if Ivan Tony's at, at what the extent of his injury was that had him stretched off at West Ham. You know, there's been talk. Some, some mentioned, oh, we might see him on Saturday. I, I don't, I don't personally think we will. I think Thomas Frank will use it as an opportunity. We need some more minutes. We said, as you rightly said last week, Bill, you think he's uh, he's more effective through the middle than he is on the wing. He proves he is clinical. He's a clinical striker when he gets his chances. Um, you know, the goal at Forest was exceptional, that little dink over the keeper. Um, uh, you know, he could have had he could have had a hat-trick against Liverpool. He's, you know, could have had a hat-trick. 
could have, could have, could have, should have, would have, you know. But it, it, you've got to be in those positions, um, and you've got, to, you have got to finish. He did finish. Um, it wasn't his fault that you know VAR ruled them out for things that weren't his fault. You know, he was offside. The one, you know, for the for the for the goal that was disallowed. Then obviously. Um, you know, then we had Ben Mee, who, who, who was offside when, when he smashed it home. So, and then he did a goal that he did, you know, with his header that was like hooked out, um, but was over the line. So, yeah, I mean, you know, on another day, that all, all three of them count. So, um, he, he's 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 looking really potent. So, I, I'm expecting us to use it as an opportunity to experiment to see if we can. Um, cope with life potentially without Tony for a for a for a for a, for a series of matches, um, um, but yeah, I, I, I think I think we sort of get the nod through the middle, with um, probably um, uh, with for KLP out on the left and we, you know and then Bumo will will play again because we you know although he's he's in good form. Um, I, I think there's still room for improvement there as well. So uh, yeah, it's going to be some interesting. I don't think Norgard will. Or I don't think Norgard will um, play. I think we'll protect him in that match. Um, but Jensen, I, I think, will play, and Yenout will play, um, and we'll see what happens at the back. But we, you know, does Jensen come back in? Um, you know, does Pontus come in rather? Um, probably, um, you know, we need to protect, you know, Zanka, who I I think is just the unsung hero with Rosleff. You know, everyone talks about Rico, everyone talks about Pinnock, everyone talks about David Raya, no one talks about Rosleff and Zanka. Both of them have been just incredible. Um, the pair of them cost £250,000, didn't they? You know, it, it's it's just bonkers that no one really talks about them. You know, so they were both part of the team that won up at Man City, um, arguably our best result ever. <coughs> um, and you know, it's it's just it's it's brilliant. So um, yeah, I'll tip my hat to them too as well. Yeah, and what I'll say, but also we have got Finn Stevens back as well, you know, because he's come back and, you know, he, he's the kind of player that we always seem to slot into games like this. So, you know, are we yep. going to give Roslev, who interestingly, Roslev has always been the player who's been the kind of like the squad player who comes in place of whoever's playing right back. But all of a sudden, Roslev has become a really key player for us. I think he's, was it six games in a row that he's played? And he's had some yep. really, really good matches as well. So is this a, a scenario that we actually rest Roslev and we actually put in the Stevens in the place? Yeah, possibly, and let's not forget, we've got Hickey and I have to come back as well. You know, the, uh, hands up if you've actually forgotten about Hickey completely. You know, my oh, no, hands I haven't. Up. No, well, I haven't forgotten yeah. about him, no. <laughs> no, no not, not completely, but he's, he's, he's been out for a long time. Um, and there's not been a lot of chatter about, oh, we can't wait for him to get back. You know, he, he did start the season pretty well. Um, so I'm not knocking him. It's just that, uh, you know, um, we seem to have gone to a different level um, since he's not been in the team. And, and Roslev, um, for all the concern a lot of fans, um, you know, raised about him being in the team, he, he just doesn't let us down. Um, and, you know, what's he worth, Bill? Yeah. Okay, that's the questions that you're asking, you know. You play in the Premier League, you've got a number of games, you know, if he was to move on to another team, you know, how much would you sell him for? And I think this is where kind of the Brentford bottle comes in. You know, with West Ham, as you know, every single game, I always get one of my chums. I speak to one of my chums and they give us the preview of their team. But we, to be honest with you, we thought we played West Ham last week 
and no, nothing much has changed from West Ham last week to West Ham this week. So uh, uh, we could have been really cheeky and just taken the West Ham interview from last week's game and put it in here. But we just thought, if you want to just check out what's going on with West Ham, go to prideofwest.london. You check out West Ham Fan TV on the West Ham pre-match podcast, which was less than a week ago. And like I said to you, not much has changed between now and then. I mean, we could have got somebody on to come on and uh, probably talked about how they're not particularly happy with how West Ham have progressed between when they played us now and since the and since the what well, the Leeds game that they played you know since then as well um but we're not we're not going there we're just moving it forward and we're just going to be talking amongst ourselves in fact we're going to probably just finish this one off here now because I know lady has got some uh well, I don't know you've got some activity out in uh and Egypt to go to and I know that I've got to probably shoot off back to the Middlesex FA to go and pick up my daughter who's probably finishing her little refereeing call she's going to be a referee I've told her she's she's up for it she's potty for it you know what I'm saying so uh which is all good but lady I'm just going to say being up for the cup just yeah, give us it, a score prediction go, go just talk to us just give us a little outro yeah, and then a score I, prediction um I think yeah, as, as, I, as I just said, I think it offers um, Thomas Frank um, uh, the opportunity to shuffle it a little bit. I don't think, I don't think we're going to go too light. Um, it's a game that he will want to win. It's a game that we can win and it's a game that I think we will win. I think we're going to go 2-1 Brentford, mate. Oh, there you go. So it's going to go 2-1 Brentford for the Laney and for myself. Oh, um, what I would say is I were going to go. It's really hard because you don't know exactly who's going to play, but I'm sort of banking on the fact that West Ham, uh, I'll, I'll be looking at the league. So they're not going to be, you know, you know, is Declan Rice going to play? You know, is, you know, is Ben Rama, is even Ben Rama going to play? I mean, he'd probably play Ben Rama because he doesn't like him. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, so who's going to be playing in that side? So I'm going to say that it's going to be quite an interesting game between two squad teams. Okay, and I'm going to go for a 1-0. Ali Malali says, you always go for 1-0, but I'm going to go back to my 2-0, actually. I'm going to go back for a 2-0 win for the mighty, mighty bees. So anyway, listen, this has gone on for a bit longer than we thought it was going to do because I thought me coming into here, the Blue Orchid, I'm going to have to go and do a quick in and out. But uh, they've been quite a dog, quite accommodating, actually. It's been, it's been all good. Like, there's been all sorts of characters going on. There's quite this curries flying left, right, and centre in front of myself here. I might have to get myself a bit of tucker as I finish here. Got me a tucker lined up, lady? Uh, I've eaten already, mate. Um, ah. I, 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 I've eaten very well. And um, yes, I'm gonna go have another drink, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna go and watch the second half of the Chelsea Man City game. I think. Oh, that's that's what we need to do. So listen to the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on all good podcast channels, and also write us a review on iTunes, and we'd be very happy if you do that because it goes up in the ranks. Also, don't forget to buy us a beer, besotted.com forward slash beer. Thanks to everybody who has bought us a beer. We will give you a shout out very, 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 very soon because we're now getting back into the flow as well. If you probably haven't noticed as well, we haven't even mentioned it, have we, actually, lady? They're actually part of the TalkSport podcast network as well, the fan network as well. We haven't talked about that at all, have we? No, we haven't. <laughs> we'll talk about, let's, talk, let's talk about it next week. 
We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, but we've been part of that for about a month now, actually, but we just thought we'd let you know. So, uh, yeah, podcast, uh, the talk sport, I've called in a load of fan podcasts and we're one of the fan podcasts, which we're very happy to be in there as well, which is all good. But other than that, like I said to you, I don't forget to besotted.com forward slash global as well as our little social media network. Uh, let me say, oh, well, actually, when I'm here as well, you know, because we haven't mentioned it for the past few weeks, but who actually, lady, can you remember who actually got the global player of the match for the uh, Liverpool game. No, I can't. Uh, I can't, I can't no. Remember. No, you don't know? Oh. No, I don't know. There's Norgard, of course. Oh, of course Christian Norgard, again, you know, absolutely tremendous, TV tremendous players. Yeah, so he's a besotted global player of the match uh, for the for the, for the the Liverpool game. And like I said, you were talking it all up at the end of the season. We'll be actually giving our besotted global player of the season, which is all good. But anyway, it's enough now. Thanks very much for listening, everybody. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the people that keep coming up to us all the time and 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 be listening to all sorts of stuff. Listen to the World Cup podcast that we did as well, which again, too, is really you know you don't know whether or not people listen to it. Be listening to our recent podcast, listen to our old podcast. Really appreciate all your support. Thank you very much, and it's really good. We've got a load of fans from America and Scandinavia and from the Middle East and all over the place, which should be listening to us. So a big shout out to you all, of you lot. But as we say. We have got West Ham. We are playing them again on Saturday. As we sang last Friday, can we play you every week? We're playing them every week. We're forever beating Bayern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.